What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. Friday at 5. I love it. You love it. We all love hearing Sam Pittman Friday at 5. Going to have him an old cold beer. I don't know, though. Do we want cold beers, or do we want that cocktail that uh, Steve Stutzman was talking about last hour? That seemed pretty I, I, tasty to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on the cocktail. That's, that'll work for me. Yeah, not the Kool-Aid. It's the Extra cocktail. Ice. Extra ice. Steve Stutzman throwing it down last hour. That was awesome. Uh, okay, so today, if in case you didn't know, Today is the ref's last day on 94.7 FM. In fact, really, this is the final hour that the ref is on 94.7 FM. So we talked about it today, and definitely on this final hour. We wanted to say thank you to iHeart for the two-year partnership on 94.7 FM. It's, it's been great for us. It's created an avenue to, to grow and kind of grow our audience uh, more than it was two years ago. We also want to thank the Ref Army for that as well. Um, that is coming to an end as soon as we hit 6 p.m. That partnership is coming to an end with iHeart. But we want to just tell everyone we're not we're not going anywhere, guys. And, and I know that there's rumors, and maybe you're one of those out there that have heard from employees at other radio stations in this market that we are going away. I'm here to tell you that. We're not. We're not going away. The only thing that's going to change for us, the only thing that's going to change for us is that we will no longer be on 94.7 FM. So if you don't listen to us, you don't listen to our daily programming on 94.7 FM, this doesn't, it doesn't concern you. Like, you do not have to change how you consume the ref. Now, if you're one of the many that do listen on 94.7 FM, if you haven't downloaded our free app in the App Store, that is the best way to hear us every single weekday and OU game days as well. So KREF in the App Store. Go download our free app, and you can still hear the same great content day in and day out. Nobody does a better job of covering the Sooners. Nobody does a better job of covering OU football, OU recruiting, OU softball, and everything else going on in Norman. And if you get the app or you listen on several of our other affiliates across the state, that, that, is not, that is not going to change. So, again, we, we appreciate and we say thanks to iHeart for the two-year partnership. I think it's two years ago today once uh, we first debuted on 94.7 FM. But even with the rumors, we, we ain't going away, okay? We just have Steve Stutzman, Danny Stutzman's dad, call in last hour from the state of Florida. He's got the KREF app. Download it now. You can listen to us all, uh, all football season long. You, you got anything to add before we – move on to our bowl predictions for teams across college football? Uh, no, uh, not necessarily. I mean, the the app is just the best way to listen. So I've, I've always been kind of surprised that people don't just listen to that already regularly. I mean, it's crystal clear. You can get it and anywhere. By the numbers, in, they do. By the numbers, in the they, world. They, do, they do. I mean, so, yeah, the, the 1400 AM, that's our home base. That's there in Norman. That's the thing that gives out the signal. And then we contract with different, you know, different signals right so it's still the same station that's you know been here what 20 years tyler oh man i I, we're getting closer to 25 years 25 years so this is not a situation where you know it's it's you know going away or anything Don't, don't don't believe the people that are telling you that the people that are telling you that have vested interest in us going away so don't believe them 
question anybody that says we're going away because they've got ulterior motives. We uh, we actually have billboards across the uh, metro that says, um, well, basically, we're not going away. Still here is what it says. Still here. <laughs> the, the message is loud and clear. We are, we are, uh, we're still here. Uh, I, we're getting a lot of nice uh, text here, which we appreciate that. And, hey, we said thank you to iHeart. Guys, the Ref Army's been fantastic over the course of the past two years and beyond. But the past two years, you guys have been fantastic. And I have no doubt that if you listen on 94.7 FM, that you're going to follow us on the, uh, on the official KREF app. So we'll see you over there starting on Monday. And, of course, we have the Gridiron giveaway from noon to 7 p.m., at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Edmond, which is going to be awesome. Awesome. First time we're doing the gridiron giveaway, and it's just like our 68-team giveaway for the college basketball tournament, the NCAA tournament. We're just doing it with the college football flair this time around, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll see you out there at the uh, Edmond Buffalo Wild Wings from noon to 7. A lot of you are asking, can we still listen in Tulsa the way that we always listen? The answer to that is yes. 99.3 FM in Norman, can we still listen that way? Yes. The only thing that is changing, the only thing, and I mean I mean over the radio, I mean on the app, I mean employees at the station, nobody's leaving here. I saw that tweet as well this week. Uh, probably lose some employees after this move. We're, we're not losing anyone, okay? I hope we're not. not. Losing, I'm the low man on the totem pole. <laughs> we're not losing any employees <laughs> over this. The only thing that changes is 94.7 FM goes away. That's it. That's it. More crappy college football takes. Huh? That's what you come here for? Uh, more more uh, uh, highs and lows with OU football recruiting? That's not going away. So it's the same content, just might be a different way in, uh, in how you consume it. But, okay, Friday at 5, welcome to the weekend. This Saturday, last Saturday, without college football for the rest of the calendar year. Get excited about that. So I've got 10 teams listed here, Travis, and – Probably won't be able to get to all 10 this segment. We have may have to bump it a little bit to next segment as well. But you and I have a bold or unique prediction for 10 teams across college football. Let's start with USC. I'll give you the tee box. What's your bold prediction on USC this season? Uh, my bold prediction on USC is that they actually finish lower in – scoring defense they were 94th last year they finished lower because they were eighth worst in the entire country in yards per play tyler i think their 29 takeaways are not sustainable and i think that helps some their scoring defense be as bad as their yards per play so i think the 29 takeaways which led the country they had 22 was the turnover margin uh, I think that covered up some deficiencies in the defense, specifically the tackling. So I think their 94th-ranked scoring defense, which was already bad, was actually fool's gold. So I think they will finish in the triple digits of scoring defense this Yikes. year. Dang. Huh, doesn't sound like someone's very high on USC is what it sounds like to me. The offense is going to be incredible, but yeah. defense is going to be terrible. Okay, here's my bold prediction for USC. When we wake up on the morning of October 14th, USC will be 6-0 and and the number two team in the country. 6-0, and number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about Caleb Williams potentially repeating as a Heisman Trophy winner. But then they go through a gauntlet in the final six games of the season. 
That day on October 14th, they're at Notre Dame. Week after that, Utah, who's their kryptonite. At least last year they were. Week after, they're at Cal. Then Washington at home. Then at Oregon. Then UCLA at home to finish the year. USC will be the talk of college football once again on the morning of October 14th when you switch on college game day. Heck, game day may be in South Bend on October 14th to watch the number two USC Trojans. But they're going to finish 3-3 three and three the rest of the season, Travis. They're going to lose three out of their final six games. No 10-win regular season. And they're not even going to make the Pac-12 title game after three losses down the stretch. That's my bold claim. Hey, I mean, I like it. I mean, you brought up the schedule. I mean, starting in week seven, this is their schedule, Tyler. At Notre Dame, home Utah. At Cal, home Washington. At Oregon, home UCLA. Super early by... I just, man, and and keep in mind, Tyler, we've seen this story, right? Their whole team is Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams, which, uh, make this crystal clear, I'm not wishing any harm on Caleb Williams, but it's just a matter of fact. If he goes down with an injury, they are cooked, Tyler, absolutely cooked, because from what I hear, Malachi Nelson ain't that guy. Yeah, okay, Good to know. How about the University of Texas? I'll go first on this one. Texas, bold claim this year. Now, Quinn Ewers has been mocked as a first-round draft pick this year. I don't know if anyone else has seen this or not. Quinn Ewers mocked as a first-round draft pick and, and closer to the top 15 than the back end of the first round, by the way. This will be Quinn Ewers last year at Texas. He will underwhelm. He will disappoint. He's actually going to lose his starting quarterback job, Travis. By the end of the year, he will not be the starter at Texas, and he's going to transfer out at the end of the season because at some point this year, and of course in the SEC, it's going to be Arch Manning's team. So Quinn Ewers got like top five odds in the Heisman race. I think it's his last year on the 40 acres. Wow. Wow. That is uh Hey, this is the bold take segment is, is what it is. That is that is scorching. Um We've already but, had a but. But if he does get unseated as the starter, it would make a lot of sense that he would transfer out uh, if Arch Manning takes his spot. I mean, right? I mean, you you, you yeah. agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or it's a situation where he doesn't transfer and he just declares and says, "Hey, look, somebody's going to take a flyer on me," um, mm-hmm. and he could play that as, "Hey, man, I'm." Arch Manning took over. That's the greatest prospect of all time. He's going to be the number one pick. So what? I'm not the number one pick. Say I'm the number 15 pick. Yeah, the number one pick should play over 15 pick anyways. You know, his agent can deal with that. He's had one since he was probably 12 signing autographs. So um, I get my bold prediction for Texas is that they do not make the Big 12 championship. It will be Kansas State and Oklahoma playing for the final Big 12 championship. They underwhelm. They miss the game again and limp into the SEC, despite Ooh. being overwhelming favorites with 60 first-place votes uh, in the Big 12 preseason polls. Sarks Vodka says, my bold prediction is that I caused the ruin of Texas football this year. And he says, <laughs> some of y'all will not get that. Sarks Vodka, I think you doubt us. I think we all get exactly what you're talking about there. Uh, 512, Ewers, future Texas Tech quarterback. Uh, Gunny says Malik leaves Texas and plays his ass off somewhere else. I, I think that's definitely going to happen. KG and Piedmont, I was talking about the second half of USC schedule. He says, wait, that's a gauntlet? For Pac-12 standards, yes, it is It is a gauntlet. 
for uh, USC in the back end. Well, especially since their bye week is so early. They do like have that an matters. early bye week. Yeah, no, and it, it, it it's, it's like a in week four, schedule. isn't it? Uh, I I think that's it's right around there. If not week four, it is. Yeah, well, it's after the Stanford game, which is week four. Yeah, nice call. And they had that week zero, week, week zero game, too, which is interesting. Uh, okay, so how about let's go to Georgia. USC, Texas off the board. Let's go to Georgia. I'll let you have T-Box on that one. Let's see. Georgia, 11 more people are arrested. No, Jeez, I'm that, I'm that few? <laughs> Only 11? That was on Only the defense. Only one side of the ball? Just on the defense. Um. Yeah, as, as as far as hot takes for Georgia, um, I think they will play. I think they will start three different quarterbacks this year. Man, Brock Vandegrift going to be one, or is he still yep. going to be left out in the, in the <laughs> yeah. cold? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll, 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 I think he's uh, he's going to be. Uh, I think he's holder this year. Um, but no, I think they will play three separate quarterbacks because I believe that. While we all make fun of Stetson Bennett for being in college for 30 years and still not graduating, for taking a bottle of Pappy 23 to the head after one of the after one of the titles, um, for being the you know the the JUCO, the walk on, the this that and the other, you know everybody makes fun of him, but he won a lot of games there, and I think they're going to be assuming that they can just replace one, you know easily. And I think they're going to be constantly chasing that, and I think they're going to try a couple different things because their schedule is weak enough where they can get away with it. Uh, their defense is going to be good enough where they can get away with it, and I think they're going to try three different quarterbacks will start for Georgia this year. So you mentioned the weak schedule, and that's kind of where I'm going. Because, I look, I'm not going to get crazy with Georgia, even on a bull take prediction segment, and say, ha, ah, they're going to go 9-3 and three this year. I, I, I'm not going to uh, predict a season that they were saying everyone thought that they were going to have last year, five and seven, six and six. Uh, no, 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 no. Georgia's not going to be terrible this year. But I, I feel like it's even a bold take to say that they're not going to run through their week schedule undefeated. And if most people predict a loss for Georgia this year, I'm going to guess they say they think it's going to be in Knoxville at Tennessee. That's their toughest game this year. I think that Georgia will lose to a team in the SEC, Travis, not named Tennessee. Now, who that is, that's a bold take that maybe I'm not willing to go to to identify exactly which non-Tennessee SEC team it's going to be. But Georgia will lose to a team in the SEC this year, not named Tennessee. They got South Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Ole Miss. I say that they lose to one of those in a shocking loss. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean – Maybe Graham Mertz is uh, is George's kryptonite. Yeah, <laughs> at least he's someone's kryptonite. Might he's certainly be been George's Graham Bulldogs, Mertz's right? kryptonite. No doubt about that. Uh, how about the Michigan Wolverines, back-to-back Big Twelve or Big Ten champs? I'll say, bull take. They beat Ohio State again. They make the college football playoff again. This time, they make the national championship game. But they also have to worry about their coach leaving again this offseason for the NFL. Well, we should have compared notes earlier because my take is that he does leave. That Harbaugh 
does leave at the end of the year. They, uh, you know, he he sees J.J. McCarthy go out in the first round. So, first-round pick, gone at quarterback. He loses, uh, you know, talented running backs. He's got overtures from the NFL again. He's coming off a year where he had to deal with suspension for a hamburger. I think he's going to be done with dealing with them while the NFL or while the NCAA continues to be just completely unpredictable uh, as far as NIL and transfer portal and realignment and everything like that. I think he thinks it's time to get back dealing with men. And uh, Harbaugh, this is his last year at Michigan. Uh, that goes to our Ohio State Bowl prediction. Same old Ryan Day, man. I don't know how big of a prediction that is. Same old Ryan Day. No answer for Michigan again this year in the big house. Ohio State gets ran over by the University of Michigan. And Ryan Day finds himself on the hot seat going into the 2024 season with Buckeye fans. Wow. Um, I think mine is also coaching related. Mine is that Jim Knowles is actually shown the door. Um, highly touted defensive coordinator that comes, uh, you know, after after a great year at Oklahoma State where he was basically coaching 30-year-olds uh, because of the COVID year and they'd all been there for a long time and he'd, he'd, he'd be after games smoking cigars and whatnot and went up to – the Ohio State University, I think Ryan Day has one more um, fall guy in him, if you will. You know, it's I think it's going to be a situation where their defensive line is going to be fine. Secondary might be a weakness. They've got to come around. But, I mean, they're building a team for the playoff. So it's kind of the opposite of what OU did with the Big 12, Tyler. I always had this theory that – in order to win the Big 12 when it was wide open and you had a bunch of small defensive backs that needed to be able to run and keep up with these you know, high-flying um, air raid offenses, in order to make the playoff, you had to win that conference. So you had to be small and quick and throw up a bunch of points and you got scored on all the time in order to win to get to the playoff. Once you got to the playoff, you dealt with a bunch of power and size that you weren't necessarily ready for, so you get blown out. So Ohio State's taking the opposite approach. They're like, look, we're not building ourselves to beat Michigan, which they haven't the last two years. But they fared much better against Georgia, which is kind of interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, theoretically, you Had wouldn't a field play. Had goal to win it, man. Had a right, field goal. exactly. So it's almost like Ryan Day's gambling, right? He's, he's like, look, if I build my team to beat Georgia – then if I lose to Michigan a third time, at least I can try and make up for it by winning a playoff game or doing something like that. Not to say that he's just throwing the Michigan game. It's just they're not building a team to beat Michigan. They're building it to beat Georgia, which, again, is evidenced in last year's games. So, um, you know, they gave up over 130 yards rushing in five games last year, Tyler. Uh, with the way they recruit, that is uh, that is simply just unacceptable. So. They've got to go at Notre Dame, at Wisconsin, Penn State at home, and at Michigan. Those are four tough games, especially uh, at Notre Dame and at Michigan. Uh, I think Jim Knowles is one last fall guy before Ryan Day finally gets the plug. 
They make a field goal in the Peach Bowl last year against Georgia. The narrative's completely different. They may go on and win the uh, national championship, and we're talking about Ryan Day a little bit differently right now. But that's the case with a lot of coaches. Miss field goal kind of uh, changes everything, right? That's definitely the case for Ryan Day, though. Uh, okay, you got some college football hot takes. You got a hot take on OU. I mean, come on, guys. 15 days away. We're getting close. Let's hear it. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to your hot takes, our hot takes with OU, Oklahoma State, and some others coming up next right here on The Ref. Final hour on a Friday. It is the Rush on the Ref, live from the Pool and Spa Show at the fairgrounds in OKC Centennial Building. And we got some hot takes right now on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I'm going to read off a handful, Travis. You tell me uh, who takes the honor this Friday as the, uh, as the hottest take. Uh, 918-OU-11-2, improved defense and deep running game with wide receivers that have two 1,000-yard receivers. Bowl game win against Ohio State. Oklahoma Johnny says Oklahoma loses to Texas, but goes on to play Kansas State in the Big 12 championship because Texas sucks the rest of the season, losing three conference games. Uh, Cherokee Sooner says Dylan Gabriel is winning the Heisman and getting us a natty. I feel like that one might win. Uh, Gunny says two 1,000-yard rushers and three All-Americans on defense. Is this bold? And one more from the 5-1-2. Gabriel has an unfortunate injury right before Texas. Arnold takes over and shocks the world. OU goes undefeated and beats Georgia in a defensive clash 24-21. Schmidt hits an epic 53-yarder to seal the deal. Those are pretty hot. Those are pretty hot. The three All-Americans on defense is, I mean, that is, that's the sizzling fajita platter coming out of the kitchen right there. That's hot. Because the other, the rest of it was 2,000-yard rushers. I think that's reasonable. Not reasonable, but it's not, like, crazy hot. But to add three All-Americans on defense, who would those All-Americans be, Tyler? I think you would have... If you have three All-Americans, I think there would probably be an All-American at every level. So, Billy Bowman, Danny Stutzman, and whoever has the most uh, – Rondell Bothroyd. But I think that's how it would have to happen. You know what I mean? I, I guess you could have an All-American corner like Woody Washington and then maybe have Bowman or Bowen or Pearson in the back end. But my guess would be you would have one at each level. But that's, yeah, that's, I, I, it, it's hot, Gunny. It's there's no doubt. You uh, you threw on you threw on some spice on top of the two thousand yard rushers there. Yeah, it started out really mild, and then it was one of those lingering, those lingering spices, you know, that hits you late. Because ooh, it hits you. Oklahoma won't go better than eight. Kendall, calm down. Good to hear from you, Kendall. Ronnie yeah, Crimson, all four you. all four quarterbacks get hurt, and Jacob Switzer leads us to the promised land. Dude. <laughs> Is there a As we more, switch to the wishbone, is there a more is there a, more of a potential, like incredible story potential than that? A Switzer leads a team to the promised land after the four quarterbacks in front of him get hurt. Golly, it'd be, it would it would be it would be. We we thought OU Texas in twenty twenty one was too crazy for Hollywood. Nah, now nah, the Switzer leading us to oh the promised gosh. land would be too crazy for Hollywood. 
Oh, that would be that'd be incredible. Uh, okay, here's my bull take for OU, and it is a bull take because I see every text from two to six p.m. and I know how some of you feel about Dylan Gabriel, but all the scuttlebutt coming out of training camp, it's that he's he's taking this job, he's ran with it, he looks a lot better, he looks a whole lot more consistent. I know that's just training camp. He's got to prove it during the season. Got to hit the layups. Yada yada yada. We talk about it all the time. You know what he's got to do. I think he is going to do it this year. I think the running game is going to be a lot better, which is going to help him out, obviously. I think the wide receiver is going to be better, which is going to help him out. Duh. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Now, this kind of goes into another conversation I had on the rundown sheet today is there's some good individual quarterback play in the Big 12 this year, Travis, but I don't look at this year like quarterback in the Big 12 like maybe I did no eight, no nine when you got like Chase Daniel and Sam Bradford and Colt McCoy and Graham Harrell. Like this used to be like the best quarterback conference. And I look around the conference now and I say, eh, there's a lot of question marks across the board at quarterback. Now I'm picking Dylan Gabriel as Big 12 Offensive Player in the Year because I think he's going to have a really nice year. But I think it should be noted that this isn't the top in conference like it was 10 years ago with QB play at least not at least I don't think it is going into the year right no I agree with you uh I mean basically what it'll come down to is trying to get the voters shake the voters loose of any Quinn Ewers love and then we'll see what Jalen Daniels has to say I mean obviously you got guys like Chandler Morris and Will Howard and those kind of guys but I mean you're right it's not it's not the big 12 of old because you know Back in the day, it was like the only quarterback that the SEC ever had to brag about was Matt Stafford. And he looked at the Big 12, and that's where all the high-flying offenses were. So that's where quarterbacks liked to go play because that's where the, the fun offenses, where they could you know get a bunch of stats and maybe, uh, maybe make it to the NFL, that's where they'd go. So now that uh, the SEC is caught up in the quarterback game these last, uh, what, 15 years or so, it's yeah i think it's totally be totally reasonable i think with dylan i think he'll be able to use his legs this year i think levy's going to actually open up the playbook so you have to consider what what that looks like right i mean having running threats outside of him you're talking about a zone read where they have to to figure out whether or not they're going to, uh, you know, crash on a Javante Barnes or a Gavin Sawchuck that they're going to have to crash on, or if you hesitate, they're going to run by you. So you've got to make a choice. So I think Dylan has played long enough. He's made all those decisions that I think he's going to make the right choice. A lot of times, like when we watch Jalen here, he just kept the ball every time. So he didn't he didn't trust anybody else to take the ball. I don't think Dylan's that type. I think. There's a couple times last year that he could have walked into the end zone if he kept it, but I think he was under direction from Levy to to not do it. So, uh, yeah, I think the added rushing and having Austin Stogner as a big target in the middle, uh, I think that's going to help a lot, uh, you know, improve on third and fourth down. And, Tyler, a lot of it is if you're the best player on one of the best couple teams, you, you put yourself in a, in a good situation there, and I think that's what Dylan's going to be. What's your bold take for OU? Ooh, bold take for OU. Let me get my my notebook back. Um, Everyone bold... grows to love kicking to, kicking for chicken by week eight. <laughs> That's what I hope. Yeah, not not that bold. My bold take will be that we have one conference shutout. Ooh, 
they're going to shut someone out in conference this year. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who the best candidate is, and I think it's West Virginia at home. Ooh, is it West uh, Virginia at home? Or Iowa State. It's one of the oh, two. Oh, gosh. Well, if I, yeah, if that's how Iowa State bets, that's how it's going to be, dude. A Iowa forfeit, State getting shut out. A forfeit from Iowa State because they can't field a team counts as a shutout. I mean, you joke about that kind of, but they've already lost a few, a few starters. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? A shutout, a conference shutout. Are we going to know how to react? Are we going to sit in the stands well after the game is over and think that something else is going to happen and not know to leave the stadium? Just, just making sure we're going to know how to respond. Yeah, I, we're yeah, we're just going to assume it's not over yet. Set, they're not done. The scoreboard's broken. I don't get it. Yeah, but I think I, I feel it, man. The last time, though, Tyler, I'm a bit concerned. Last time I called a shutout, tried to call my shot was uh, against Kansas State. We ended up losing that game. So, Ooh, um, yeah. That one didn't end well. No, I ended up on freezing cold takes for that one. A-Train says, we will have some struggles during the season, but we will get to the Big 12 championship with two losses to face OSU, whom we will beat and win the Big 12 on a Statue of Liberty play. Gundy and OSU's legend will be sealed as the footstool of the OU football program and family gatherings will forever be broken in the state of Oklahoma. A-Train, I don't know how long it took you to come up with that, but that is a lot, and that is fantastic. And is there a single play, like name of a play, that OU fans hate more than the Statue of Liberty? Maybe it's the hook and lateral. Hook and lateral, not the hook and ladder. Maybe the hook and lateral is number one, but you can change the perception of the Statue of Liberty play with OU fans if A-Train's prediction were to come true. <laughs> First of all, the, the hook and lateral versus hook and ladder. Yeah, I think I, – I personally think it's the Statue of Liberty that would be the the most uh, most dramatic. But um, first of all, I, I can't get on the board with A-Trains. I can't get on the train, if you will, for him saying that um, – OSU will be in the Big 12 championship. It's going to take a lot, man. They're, o- OSU. They're going to have to win a lot of close games for that to be the case. Their win total is six games. and a half. I mean, and I'm not fully, you know, conv- you know, I'm not, you know, treating win totals as gospel, but you really believe in Alan Bowman to get to the Big 12 championship? I mean, I all that Alan production Bowman they lost. play through an entire year is kind of where, where I'm at with Alan Bowman. That offensive now, line that was so bad. if for an entire year, like maybe they can be better than what I think. But, man, I mean, there, there's obviously some hit injury history there, and he just – it's been a while since he's been a starting quarterback. Yeah, he was third string last year. I need to I mean, see – I need to see a lot from Alan Bowman and the defense before I'm ready to get there with OSU. That's just me, though. Yeah, win the Big 12 on a Statue of Liberty play. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I'll take it right now if you're giving it to me. Well, yeah. any any win of the Big 12, you just got to go ahead and hit the button. You know, deal. Right. But, yeah, I, 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 I don't quite, as poetic as it would be, I just don't see OSU making any any threat to the Big 12 championship. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet, text line. Taking you into the weekend. We'll hit more college football next right here on The Ref. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson taking you into the weekend. Man, Dave from Norman is uh, ready to put you on the spot, Travis. He says, also, 
I watched that williams Winery interview last night and heard he was wearing OU stuff on the field. Obviously, lots of people trying to read into that. But since you were there, do you think there is smoke? There is smoke there that he's flippable. Is he flippable, Travis, after what you heard last night? Oh, I think he's flippable, yeah. Now, I mean, will he be flipped? There's no, there's no way of knowing, right? But honestly, you know, the vibes last night, you know, I don't quite buy that he wore it to support his teammates that are OU uh, adjacent, if you will. I don't buy that, really. That's kind of odd. You're a five-star. You know the attention's going to be on you, and you're the only one with OU cleats there. You're obviously one of four people with OU gloves. You just committed. You choose not to show love to the school that you just committed to. You show love to OU. Um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like his comments that, you know, said, well, we'll see how the season goes. I'm not sure why you would say that, you know, unless you were looking to at least reconsider. Tyler, you pair that with Miguel Chavis's tweet, who knows this recruitment as well as anybody. Talks to, I mean, he's the one that got name dropped in by Williams Winery. So he knows the recruitment. He would not set himself up for failure and ridicule just for fun. Like, it, that doesn't make any sense. Not the way it's that the OU fan base treats coaches. <laughs> it, is, it is not fun. It's just we're – this is a recruitment that we're going to monitor. I, how do we feel today? Okay. Is it imminent that he's going to flip? No, I don't think either of us are going to say that, that he's going to flip in the next two or three weeks or anything like that. It's just, Okay. Let's. He says that he's going to monitor things. Let's monitor how the season goes for Missouri and Oklahoma. And let's monitor if he takes a visit. If he ends up taking a visit somewhere, officially, unofficially, whatever, then maybe that's our first indication that it's that it's real, like that we really got something to talk about. I, I, have, zero, I have zero doubt that he will end up in Norman for a visit. I mean, it. he's already been six or seven times. And a lot of those were unofficial. Like, I think he'll come down. I think, I think maybe because the question was asked about his gloves and his shoes, and he said, I got it on my OV. And then very shortly after, it was asked if he was taking more visits. I think he might have been thinking visit means OV. And because when you say you're going to a game, that is technically an unofficial visit. So. I think I think OU at some point he gets back on campus and it's going to be a situation where he goes down with Kamari Moore who's going to be at OU all the time. He goes down with Jamar Mosey. He goes down with Isaiah Mosey and he goes down probably with a bunch of the other LSN kids that don't have OU offers, but you know the coaches and and their teammates want to you know yeah. kind of help them out a little bit and bring him around the OU, you know, staff. So That's an that's an under the radar kind of uh, storyline with all of this is with the Lee Summit North connections that OU has and with the commits that they have. Dude, there ain't no doubt, man. Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, they're going to be pushing Kamari Moore to say, "Hey, won't you get won't you get Williams Winery down for a visit? G- get him down here." Caden Green, "Hey man, won't you talk to him? Try to get him down here for a visit." They're going to use they're going to use their their, their own abilities, but they're going to be using their Lee Summit North connections and commits and current players on the roster to get him down here as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because in that interview he said, you know, my parents and, you know, my head coach. Well, I mean, 
there there exists a world where before signing day, the coach's kid might be committed to Oklahoma. Like, you know, that that's a thing. The, the coach played at Oklahoma. And not that he's just – it would be dumb for Jamar just to push everybody to Oklahoma because he's going to have kids that don't earn OU offers but do earn Mizzou offers, and he's not going to want to burn that bridge, which is kind of why I suspect that he was – kind of distanced from the recruitment down the stretch is so he could protect those relationships but that's a little tinfoil hattie i get that but um i like i said i think i think OU will continue to try to flip him um i think that um i think that he'll be back for an unofficial visit but i don't know when nil is involved you never know um the swamp kings documentary by the way on the florida gators i think it's a three-part series uh it's not getting rave reviews and I guess it doesn't affect my livelihood one way or the other if it, looking at the Florida Gators back when Urban Meyer was there is a good documentary or not. But I definitely planned on watching it. I was hoping that um, – what, here's what I was really hoping for, Travis, that the Florida football program under the direction of Urban Meyer, there was even worse things than what we imagined were going on there at the time. That's what I was hoping. Do doesn't you feel like, like it's all that great. Do you feel like every documentary is just chasing the last dance now? Yeah, I feel like, like every documentary just doesn't tell the entire story. It feels like it's the story that that individual or team wants to be told. I mean, right, it's, it's slanted in some way. It's a marketing yeah, push, yeah, yeah. PR yeah, yeah, push. Right, exactly. So I mean, that's that's a little disappointing, unfortunately. But I don't know. I, we'll see. I'll, I'll end up watching uh, Swamp Kings at some point just – Please don't take me through that uh, 2008 national championship game again. I don't. I would rather it just be. Soon. I would rather it just be a book of the best message board posts from that era. It's a long like cons- book. Like conspiracy ones, you know what I mean? Like, bro, I think Aaron Hernandez out here killing people, dog. Like, no, <laughs> no, you don't know that. Like, no, man, I, I, my cousin, my cousin's old roommate. Yeah, I think it was. Like, uh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> chapter one and two and three and four and five and six. And so, that's its own that's its own book right there. Uh, right. Okay, final segment of the week coming up next. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. You know what we're doing next? We're talking college football next. Keep it locked in the ref. All right, final segment of the week. Wrapping it up on this Friday. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby. Gridiron giveaway. A reminder, coming your way on Monday at the Edmond Buffalo Wild Wings from noon to 7 p.m. We'll see you there. It is our gridiron giveaway. We're giving away 70 college football teams on Monday. Your team makes the college football playoff. You're going to walk away with a great prize at the end of the season. Instant giveaways all day as well. So, this isn't how it works, Travis. You draw a, a number if your name gets called, and behind that number is a team, so you don't get to pick your team. But in an alternate gridiron giveaway situ- situation where someone's name was called and they do get to pick their team, who would you tell that individual, pick this team because they're going to win the national championship? Well, I think I, I know we have our doubts, but I think the safe money is on Georgia. Just, just the safe money because – Michigan, I don't know. They got like they've got some questions. Ohio State is the plan of losing to Michigan to beat somebody else. You know, still, you know, is that is that going to be fruitful? Alabama, 
I mean, we still don't. They still don't know what quarterback they're going to use. Georgia's got I, the best path to at least get to the four-team playoff. Yeah, you're going to guarantee yourself like one of the four, or at least come closest to guaranteeing yourself one of the four big prizes, right? Because if you look at ACC, okay, you've got pretty much Florida State or Clemson. We can all decide on that. You know, if you look at, you know, even the West, people are going to be split on LSU and Bama. You know, if you look at the Pac-12, do, will they even get a playoff contender? Is it Utah, Oregon, USC? You know, with the Big Ten, it seems probably pretty slid on Ohio State, Michigan. I think, you know, I think Georgia is the safe money to get to the four. It's the safe money to get to the four. I would tell that individual to go Alabama. I think they uh, coming back with the vengeance this year. You're already going to root for them to beat Texas. You can root for them even more to beat Texas in week two. And you don't have to root for somebody to three-peat as well. Not that rooting for Alabama has been fun recently, but does anyone really want to see Georgia three-peat, especially after this offseason? I uh, I don't think I do. But we'll see you Monday. Edmund Buffalo Wild Wings. Yep. Noon I'll be driving out there. For our gridiron giveaway. Travis will be there. I will be there. We're going to have a ton of ref hosts out there. We're going to have gridiron giveaway T-shirts. Whole lot more. And we'll see you on the Ref app as well. Remember, K-R-E-F in the App Store. We'll talk to you Monday right here on the Homeless Sooner Fans.